Testosterone therapy was not covered for a man who wanted to stay a man. It was covered by all the major insurance companies for a woman who wanted to become a man. I was in full-blown menopause because <laughs> I learned this the hard way when I started my, my testosterone and therapies journey. Clinicians don't know shit. That's why you have to find the right people. A guy takes off his shirt backstage and all the guys standing around me look at him what in the hell just happened? And I walked over to him and I said, dude, what, what class are you in? He said, oh, don't worry, I'm not coming down to your age category. <laughs> I said, I'm only doing the over 65 and the over 60. And he looked like a Roman statue. How old was he? 65. Welcome to the Man Lab, where we combine science and health in the pursuit of making men great again. This is how legends are. So today we have a very interesting guest. His name is Tim Wilkins. His career has spanned over 30 years. He's done stand-up comedy, TV, movies, radio, is a bodybuilding champion, and he's known as the fitness comedian. We've got Jeff, who's brains with muscles, and now we've got fun with muscles. Yeah. So uh, please welcome Tim Wilkins to the Man Lab. Hey, Tim. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, this is uh, less awkward than I thought it was going to be when you said, hey, we've got some cameras set up in a hotel room. That, that's, that's after this. That could have been. Uh, I, normally, when those auditions happen, I bring my wife and a security team. So thanks for having me. Why your wife? Just to back me up or join in. I don't know. Come on, guys. <laughs> Edit that. She'd kill me. All right. So um, I actually, I want to quickly jump into, I did the research on you. Um, first of all, you look great. And second of all, um, the laugh your abs off thing was very interesting. Like men, blending comedy with fitness you know that can sometimes become across a little hacky or whatever but you did it really well with it it was kind of funny like people don't want to hear people lecture them on health it's it's something we hear all over and over again it gets fucking boring but the way in which you delivered it so that it was like very entertaining it, it, i felt as an as someone who knows fitness but i it, it allowed me to open up even more to listen more did you find that you've that has helped a lot with a lot of people receiving your information? It's It's been my speaking program for a lot of years, and the only way that I've tried to put a softer side to it, to try to make make light of it, and it's really, it's just a book on common sense. People got mad and said, it's not a how-to, there's no diet recipes, and they go, there's a million diet recipes. And this is almost, I put it out at the beginning of when you could put every YouTube video and every influencer had a how-to, just to really take all the stupidity and fad diets and things that we just fall back on for the easy routes and say, guys, this is just dumb. It is so easy, a little discipline, a little consistency, and you're going to watch it fall off. And that was before, before you took off as a career because people realize now, hey, there might be something going on to optimize my system to help burn this a little faster. But guess what, people on these wonder things, it still takes adjusting your lifestyle I know people right now, I haven't adjusted my lifestyle one bit. Really? Good luck with that. Yeah. You're taking all kinds of stuff. When the stuff runs out, you're going to go back to being you. So that was what that book was really meant to do, is just get people laughing about it enough to loosen up and just get down to work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people are always trying to look for the easy out. Actually, I forgot to mention, you'll like this, Tim. On one of your videos, by the way, Jeff, this week, someone commented, um, oh, that whole eat regularly every single day. What does this guy live in the 90s? So I wrote, <laughs> I wrote yeah, back to him. Because the principles have changed so much yeah, since yeah. then. Like, well, all of a sudden. Obviously, I was commenting. I was like, hey, this is not my personal page. I can't be full Blake. But I was like, look, unfortunately, we're still trying to figure out how to beat uh, biology. Yeah. And uh, until that happens, unfortunately, what worked in the 90s still works I mean, today. the body kind of only works a certain way. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't like, changed that much. I got a diet. I'll just fax it to you. Stand by. Yeah, that's it, how it works. But um, so how how long were you doing that uh, laugh your abs off and what actually what motivated you to go from into that because well it's kind of a way back up uh 80s i was a workout bodybuilding junkie i watched i had all the magazines i was a solid 143 pounds uh and my best friend and i used to go down to muscle beach and watch some of our You're favorite from california right? from california yeah. so we go down to venice and watch the pros work out at golds and i was just obsessed with it uh, couldn't gain a pound to save my life. I basically, if you remember the uh, piece of steel they used to use to unlock cars to get keys out, the Slim Jim, I was the Slim Tim. When people got their <laughs> keys stuck in, my buddy would go, dude, take off your pants and bend your feet back. And, no! People still say it to Blake nowadays. Yeah. So. I, it still works yeah. for me. I do it. The take your pants off 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm halfway there with these shorts. Because of the popularity of peptides, there's online stores popping up everywhere that are selling subpar products. They have fillers in them, toxins in them with heavy metals, even mold. Things that can disrupt your hormones and are not getting you the results you're looking for. At T-Clinics USA, unlike these online stores that can pop up and hide in anonymity, our faces are out here and we have a reputation to uphold. We are determined to get you the highest quality products and long-term results so you can optimize your health. To purchase high quality peptides from a real person with a medical degree, go to bit.ly forward slash T-Clinics USA. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash T Clinics USA. Or if you don't want to remember it, the link is in the description. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, one of the things I did uh, 86 was join the Marines. And that kind of started the journey into just being uh, really obsessed with just fitness and exercise and wellness, um, but started bodybuilding and always wanted to be involved in the industry. So I, uh, I actually at one point wanted to uh, start working in the industry, hosting shows and doing, doing speeches. And Drove, I wrote some bodybuilding jokes, drove through the night to the Arnold Classic. Uh, my buddy had a, uh, one of the, it was the Christian stunt team called Strike Force. Yeah. Remember they used to rip phone books and blow up yeah. hot water bottles. Yeah. And he said, bro, you can sleep on my floor and just walk around at the expo and hand out business cards. And I got to the expo, I got to the hotel and this woman in the elevator named Jan Tana, she was the tanning queen at the time. She's in a full mink coat and she's got three girls behind her with Jan Tana down the side of her pants. And I'm guessing she's Jan Tana. She goes, oh, you have keys, you drive us to the show? And on the conversation on the ride over, she said, why are you here? I said, I'm, I'm here to get work and meet people. She said, I have a show you can host. It's the Masters Mr. Olympia, Jan Tana Classic. So that year I hosted the Masters Olympia. Three years later, I was the host for the Onstage Olympia. And then I did that for a few years and I've been- You involved. weren't 143 pounds at this point, were you? No, I'm about 210 at that point. Oh, okay. Um, but it's <laughs> so also 20 years host. later. No, I did great <laughs> Found some assistance, I'm sure, at that point. Yeah, <laughs> muscle tech. Yeah. And, All protein uh, powder. Back then, it was uh, Joe Weider's muscle weight, to super weight gain 2000 that came in the puppy chow size yeah. bag with the detergent scooper, and it was just chalk in a oh, shape. Oh, that shit tastes so nasty. So too. nasty. Yeah. So I've been around the industry, but I started doing that laugh your abs off speech for corporations, and then eventually tied a book into that. So were you in the military during this whole process still? No, moment? I got out after about three and a half, four years. Uh, I was supposed to go reserves, but ended up doing the entire time on active duty. And then got out. Did and you then, train while you were in, in the military? Were you able not to? only did I train, and I was so fierce about training. I graduated boot camp four whole pounds heavier. Yeah. <laughs> I was one forty seven. I mean, Jeff, you went to the military. Yeah, you were pretty, I, pretty I went in like one ninety five. Came out at a buck sixty five. And you know, the funny is, I lost all the muscle I had prior to. It was you know, and then you had the fat guys go in, and they would like come out like but you think they would like kind of want to keep you muscular but at the same time i'm sure it's you're hard training with all the cardio and, and the running and yeah. yeah but you were a football player yeah yeah i was actually trying to get back and play ball and you know i wasn't rehabbing so i ended up now um, half the military want they want to wear the guys wear lipstick in there so you know it's yeah a different story <laughs> now. Hey, send them over the hill first everybody's running away that's they, actually a good story or, or they pay or they pay to help them turn, you know convert over right yeah true so. yeah just in you know, like go in and blow him from outside. That was a terrible pun that I did not mean to make. Well, actually, so you go. So, uh, yeah, so I go into the military and I actually had, uh, I had a guy that didn't like the military food and he would eat fast food off base. So he gave me his chow card for the tanker chow hall. So I'd go to the communications chow hall for one breakfast, try to get the second breakfast somewhere else, eat one lunch because there was only so much time and two dinners. And then I was eat, drinking shakes all day. So I graduated at 147, and five months later, I was 195. Mm. Wow. Jeez. So I just got to eat more. Eat more. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the trick. Eating is key. Yeah. So I don't do that. That was like how, that was, that was my kind of my story in a different, totally different environment. It was going to college. I went to college at, I think it was 140, 140 pounds. Um, and within, when I finally started figuring out to work out and eat, and not do that stupid shit I was doing in college, <laughs> I gained like 45 pounds in six months. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, quite the growth spurt. Found a little, <laughs> little found late. a little chemical assistance to help me get there. <laughs> Thus, the reason I'm is. in this business to begin with. But um, yeah, I mean, I figure out eating is the key. Everybody, we does. just should have renamed it when we were in college. Testosterone therapy would have been a lot more of a politically yeah. correct way to say it. But we, I don't think people were taking it like testosterone therapy. It was a little bit more of a spike and a dip. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. So just just eject. Yeah, just <laughs> get your just just take whatever you could find. So so what got you out of the military and into entertainment? Because that seems like a very not very many people. Actually, that's a lie. Brian Simpson is a hilarious uh, ex-Marine who is, you should follow him anyway if you like comedy. But it is that it's an abnormal thing. Like people think of Marines and they're like, they're serious that to have like a, a thing that's goofy, so to speak, like comedy seems like a weird transition for some uh, well, they, we've also got Rob Riggle, uh, Drew Carey. There's a lot of great Marines that Drew are Drew Carey's a Marine? Drew Carey's a Marine. Wow. And you look at his old he pictures. He put on the weight off, though. Yeah, yeah he looked look like it. Drago when he was in. Really? He was chiseled, yeah. Drew Carey was Yeah. A, I would never have guessed that. Um, being a comedian was all I'd wanted to do since I was about six years old. What, what about it attracted you to it? Probably the attention that I wasn't getting from my parents. Thank you for this therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's why bodybuilding became a thing, right? The, you attention the attention from the girls I wasn't getting right. that when my parents stopped giving me attention. I get it. Um, it, it really, uh, it was one of those things I always enjoyed making people laugh and seeing that kind of joy. And um, I started going to the open mic nights uh, about 1990 and never looked back. Some, some idiot came up to me after a show and gave me 10 bucks for 10 minutes. He goes, I got a show on Friday. I'll pay you $10 for 10 minutes. I went home and did the math like it was a 40-hour week. I go, dude, I'm loaded. This is awesome. I didn't realize it was $10 a day. <laughs> so, yeah, so you just basically were like, oh, I'm going to be making like 2000 bucks a week. Four. I was going to be oh. making $4,000 a week at that point. I'm That's making $150,000 a year. Let's do this. <laughs> I quit my job. Oh, said, really? This is awesome. <laughs> And so, so comedy came before military. What motivated you to go into military um, in between? I'd always wanted to serve. I always wanted to be a, a part of something bigger, that sense of brotherhood. That's why I picked the Marines. And I wanted to do the hardest thing because I'd been uh, afraid of my own shadow my whole life, afraid of everything. And I figured if I'm afraid of getting yelled at, heights, uh, getting up early, these are all good things. Why not check off all these boxes and join the Marines? Yeah, okay, yeah. that'll do it. How long did it take? What was it what's like starting out with that mentality? Because usually it's, is it not normally like people are like kind of hard asses that go into the military? Or is that like I'd a say, big I, assumption? I don't know. I think that's the old way back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s where it was jail or the service. And I'm going to go off and serve after I leave the farm. And I've been throwing hay bales up into a barn. Chiseled old. This is, <laughs> this is everybody now. And actually, you know, I, I hate to brag on our military, but it's the most educated, most trained military in the history of our country. Tons of people. Were you saying current. when you were there, or you think current? No. Uh, when I was there, it was for that time, but currently now, like I was doing shows for the troops in uh, Afghanistan. I, know, man, I see these videos now of who they let into the military. It looks like it's going to a lot more soft, and I think that's soft, a decline but intelligent. In, uh, but, but the requirements in the fierceness or, or, that we or, used or, to be. We used to be this. I mean, you see the comparison they show against Russian military against ours nowadays, and. It's questionable about yeah, well, you know, what direction are we going as a country. Is you're talking about versus like intelligent? Just there. Yeah, I don't think yeah. the, the the idea of hand to hand yeah. combat is so uh, real anymore in military. It is very much electronic. It is very much probably done from afar. And now you've got some chunky airman in a, in a, a storage container flying drones yeah, with a thirty eight exactly. BMI. He's eating hot Cheetos. He doesn't need to do hand to hand anymore. God forbid, <laughs> yeah, though, God. that somebody finds and knocks on the door of that of that little uh, area he's in. He's he's fucked. Kyle, come out here. Someone's here to see you. Yeah. <laughs> so is that basically what's happening now? Is it like the idea of troops on the ground is a very foreign thought or is like, that's the last, last, last resort. What do you think, Jeff? I don't know, man. Honestly, we were just talking about this the other day with the, the AI bots and like some of the new stuff. Oh, oh the Tesla bots. Oh. Throw them. That's where Terminator starts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. The AI and the bots, they're going to talk. We're done. We'll be yeah, fighting them in the right. sky. Oh, there's some crazy. Did no one see Terminator. John yeah. Connor, Great you know, is done. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone just wants to be John Connor. Yeah. That's all it is. But no, I was showing Jeff a, a video last night on Instagram and it's, they're training those bots to, you know, work it. And there's these dudes are standing in front of them with, with live, live rounds. I saw that. Place. And then it's nuts. Just going like it won't shoot me. And, and identifying then he moves and then it's real, not shooting. Who's not, you like, think that was a real clip? I think that was a fake. No, I saw the same it, one. It looked pretty damn real. And then and then I've it figures out life. they they trick it to turn it to like turn on them or whatever towards the end of the video. Yeah, the shotgun in the floor. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. To like yeah. fire warning shots and save the the dog or whatever. Yeah. I'll show you after. It's has that has that little robot dog too. 
Yeah. That's up there with being the first astronaut to me. Yeah. Pass. <laughs> you knock out all the trial runs yeah. on this bad boy, I'm not then I'll step that in. Shit out. No. Yeah. There, there's one. That's questionable if that first astronaut thing ever happened either. So. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. I'm there's sure. one. There's one of the scenes there where it's it's two people in like orange jumpsuits. Um, both have black uh, hoods covering their face. One's a real human. One's a mannequin. And it has like this. <clears throat> looks like a. 50 cal yeah. rifle in his hand and it's just determining which is real and then blows off the fake head. So you just got to hope that it you're doesn't like, get uh, that wrong. Yeah, if you program programmed that shit well. wrong, you're, you're out of <laughs> yeah. a job and Dude, out of a head, right? Dude, get the try again later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's some wild stuff, but that's terrifying. Like That seems like that's way, like even policing, policing in New York now is doing that. Hey, we've seen RoboCop too, guys. I mean, like yeah. that that's inevitable I too. Like they have the show. drones and the... The, the bad RoboCop that was like completely robotic and completely AI fucked the whole city up. So, so military basically, it's okay if you wear lipstick, you have a fantastic legs, it's fine now. Uh, according to the military, not according to me. No, <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. So uh, what I, in that in situation though? Does it eventually become boots on the ground? Like, is that the ultimate importance part of a strong military? There's still there's still only a couple services that are going to be boots on the ground. The Marines are going to be first in. The Army's going to be in there as well. There's only certain factions. Everything. There's only so many boots on the ground soldiers and Marines anymore. Everything else is a support of those boots on the ground. And so much as long-range missiles, high up bombing, uh, drone strikes, predator drones, everything else. There's there's only so many people that have to go door to door or cave to cave anymore. Your daughter's military. Isn't My it? daughter's army. Yeah. Really? But I got to pick her job. I oh, said, really? yeah, She's you're, in the drone. I think I'm going to have you get a, a good job. You are going to be a chairborne ranger. She went paralegal. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah. that's kind of cool. That's an attorney that uh, parachutes. It's oh, a, wait. It's a, it's a paralegal. That's paralegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had me for a second. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> so um, well, we were chatting about this earlier, um, something about testosterone in the military and how different people get preference. Are we able to cover that on this? Or you? Well, I don't. I, the military. Uh, we were talking about this a little while yeah. ago. The military is usually just a uh, snapshot of America. And up until a couple years ago, I went through this when you and I talked. Mm -hmm. Testosterone therapy, and I'll back up. Just I'll be fully, fully admitting. I got my blood work done about seven years ago, and before uh, you and I started working together, my test was twenty-five. Yeah. My total. The one that should be in the five to oh, seven to eight hundred range. I was like a seventy-six. So. <laughs> Twenty-five. Well, they said yeah. this is a mistake. They ran it again. It was sixteen. They're like, ma'am. That was off. That was, that was off the time. Huh? Yeah, it just dropped a little bit. No, I wish it would have helped. Uh, and it just—I started the journey. It took about a year and a half before I finally gave up. And we ran into each other at the Naples Classic, and I said, "Man, I am just floundering here." And testosterone wasn't covered. Testosterone therapy was not covered for a man who wanted to stay a man. It was covered by all the major insurance companies for a woman who wanted to become a man. Jeez. And if there's ever a travesty, I was in full-blown menopause. I was in my mid to late 40s. <laughs> yeah. You needed flashes. way more than he to she yeah. or oh, yeah. she to he. <laughs> from, from Alexandra to Alex, I needed a lot more. Uh, and there was there was a lot of women. My, the doctor I went to at first had much higher tests than I did. I could tell by the Adam's apple and the good handshake. <laughs> yeah. um, and, it, and it started a journey. And it took me two and a half years with the wrong doctors. You get a shot. They go, come back in two weeks. We'll give you another shot. Yeah, they have no idea. Oh, great. You. Well, like five days later, I'm crying at dog food commercials. They so, didn't do it right. So, so let me stop you real quick just to kind of like, I don't know if everybody heard the clarity of that. If there's somebody, a, a, a female who's trying to transition into a man, they fully financially support this. And yet you as a male who has chronically low, not even just like bullshit low, like a guy who comes into our clinic who's like still in the normal range, but wants to have a little bit more, edge, right. but you had chronically low, true, clinically low testosterone. They would not help you out. Would not help me out. And I went through. I mean, that leads to depression. It leads to obesity. It leads to all the problems that they're probably happily, you know, to financially support the treatment plan of being depressed or being obese, but they don't want to help you with the testosterone portion. Well, and if this is another thing that gets me about the sick care system we have in this country, it is not about treating well in advance and giving people an optimized life. It's about waiting for the wrong thing to come. And if they do all these actuarial tables, if they would have looked at my low test and said, it's going to lead to five things, depression, heart disease, obesity, which leads to kidney failure and heart disease again, diabetes, if, if they were smart about it, they would have said, you know what, for a, for a, a few hundred dollars a month, we could make this guy a 50-year-old uh, ideal physique 
or they're going to treat you with thousands of dollars thousands a month of, of all dollars. sorts of medical problems for the future. next 30 years. Yeah. Isn't that re- that nobody does the table to calculate or maybe they do. And they realize that big pharma supports and, and financially is incentivized to make us sick in our lives. But if you really think about the wellness initiative of a, of a company, like we used to seek out these big companies that financially supported their own uh, insurance policies. And we would lay it out. Like if you prevent this person from being obese, which is going to cost you 200 bucks a month, call it that person will, will not have days off of work. They won't need the medication benefit. They won't have all the other problems or let this person continue to be sick, get diabetes, get heart disease, get a heart attack, potentially take off all that time from work for treatment and be a damn mess for you. They're going to calculate 20, 30 times the expense, if not more, way more yeah. than that. I heard the issue though is the fact of GDP. Most countries look at their strength based around their GDP. Part of the GDP is the health industry. So if you see a country that's like, oh, we spent a billion dollars last year in health, you go, all right, cool. Next year, oh, we spent $2 billion in health. It you makes go, them look better. That's great. We, we, that means we're, there's more, but that means there's more sick people the second year, which means that it's not a healthy country. And so I think that the system in which, like the, again, it's more make-believe system, we're glorifying the dollar, not realizing that, again, there's, like every other symptom in our body, sick we're paying for makes problem us look here, stronger. One great solution here that's actually creating 20 other problems. You know what a lot of the problem is in this country? <clears throat> they're not sitting around like they are in Australia talking about GDP. <laughs> no. Here they're, they're talking about, about the, the Kardashians or wrestling or I don't know what they're talking about, but no intelligent conversations they're are going. They're focusing on all the stupid shit that like is getting our country into the problem that it is. But like, going back to what you said, like the, the old saying of you pay for your health now or you pay for it later. Yeah. Paying now. for it now is so much cheaper. It's exponentially more expensive as you get older because yeah. all those problems compound upon each other. Mm. And you know, well, one of the other ones that we we say, and I say a lot in my laugh your abs off show with, and it's companies that have corporate wellness programs that book me, is so many people push so hard and they sacrifice the first half of their life. They sacrifice their health to get their wealth. And they spend the last half sacrificing their wealth to try to buy back their health. Shit, and a lot of times strong. it's too late. Yeah. Ooh. Got an idea though for anyone who wants to get more testosterone in the military. Now the woke group has actually helped us because you don't have to do anything. You can just identify as a woman and you want to transition into a man. In order yeah. for that, now big burly Tim, you identify as a woman. I need to become a man. Cubby's got some testosterone. You're welcome. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I wonder if the military has the caveats of like needing you to do the other surgeries, like the like rem- you remove your breasts and all that in order to get the testosterone therapy. We should find or out, Or if Tim. they'll start you <laughs> with that and then, and then go the you other Just direction. start on blockers and testosterone? Well, yeah, you'd be blocking the estrogen at that point, but still- but if you are, you, saying, if you as a man identifies the woman and then, then they want to stay the man, I'm kind of going to reenlist. I'll pay out of pocket. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> thanks yeah. for asking. <laughs> and so we got um, you covered. I guess the the next question because we were talking about this earlier too was um, this weird thing with sports that's happening now and this whole movement with, I mean, obviously if dudes can't cut it in 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 male sports, you know, the retirement plan is to just drop down into the female league and you're guaranteed to be pretty freaking good. Might get back in and start doing female yeah, sports. Jack, I'd be a beast. You'd be a beast. Female. Yeah, be oh, the female football low. league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but you said in the bodybuilding industry that that industry basically just said, get the fuck out. We're not doing that. They're not playing that game. No. And the Olympics isn't doing it. They've got, um, you have to be, okay, you're going to, you're going to know this one. Uh, is it nanoliters per nanogram per deciliter? Nanogram yeah. per deciliter. The Olympics is saying you have to maintain a level of five nanograms per deciliter for one year. So that's what, is, the, what is that for an idiot? That's What's testosterone that in level. testosterone okay. level. So saying, even if you're transitioning and it's only been six or seven months, you still have all the benefits of male androgen in your body. And they're saying that if you're doing it post-puberty, you've already received all the benefits in bone structure, muscle mass, right. the ability to adapt and uh, utilize glycogen. So that is so grossly unfair to think, you know, some 431st ranked swimmer can just say he's get out a little duct tape, put on a bikini, and say he's a woman <laughs> that day, and now become the number one swimmer. To be fair, that, have you ever duct taped it? It fucking hurts. Dude, <laughs> that's hard work. Even if you shave it first, it hurts. Good on you. Mm. But it's still not fair. Well, just yeah. like what happened in Canada. I don't know if you saw that recently. There was a a power lifter 
who like was the most masculine beard, didn't even pretend to look like a woman, but identified himself as a female just to completely decimate the prior powerlifting, you know, record or whatever. And the ironic thing is, is that the prior record was held by a transitioning male to female who got upset and said, this is bullshit. He shouldn't be able to compete just because he announced himself as a woman. Meanwhile, the guy did the same exact thing, but actually went through the process and destroyed the true biological females record. And a lot of these pro females who are into like, you know, getting back to a normalcy here said, Hey guys, step forward, come into our league and fuck up our records. Yeah. Decimate every record and make it just obvious that it's just not, it's just not fair. I, I mean, if LeBron James steps down to the WNBA, I would love to see, you that. know, we know what's okay. going to happen. Right. <laughs> or, or, you know, Ronnie Coleman steps into, or not Ronnie Coleman now, but, but Phil Heath steps into the top, you know, female bodybuilding spot. There wouldn't be competition. Is, is there a right. Difference though, with the, like, well, it's aesthetics. It's a perfect yeah, that's form, an aesthetics right? thing. So there still would be the biological bias of what uh, we find, at least in that industry, what we find female physically attractive in the muscular form versus male. That I don't. Th I think there is a very long step. It's an aesthetic. Away. I mean, bodybuilding like is based Coleman on it's based on aesthetic. It's not Holy based on crap. performance. But if the the Olympia is it the Olympia or the Arnold that has all the powerlifting and all that? Shit uh, that Arnold has power. It. I think they're gonna have powerlifting at the uh, uh, Olympia this year in Orlando as well. They're they're gonna have uh, in right, two or three year. days of Expo this year. I think 35 separate sports like the Arnold does. So it's going to be a sports festival as well as, you know, a TNA so you festival think in there, supplements and t-shirts. In there, they won't do any of this transitioning nonsense. Negative. So they'll be no, biological only. No. And the other thing is, is not just the aesthetics because you're getting to the point where some women are taking the male enhancement as women and it's making them too masculine in form mm. and they're getting... They're getting deducted. Like deductator points. Some of them so that's like getting regulated too. Some of them have yeah. little, you know, clitoris is growing a little penis as they take enough of it. So <laughs> really? There, there's some women out there that have more muscle than three of us put together. And oh, yeah. It's, well, you, it's obvious that they've taken a lot of stuff. Ones. Well, you coach female weight training. So, I mean, you were starting to say just kind of about like just your take on. It's infuriating to think my girls work so hard. I have this year. I had a, a sixth grader who's a homeschooler who played at the varsity level on our team. She just did uh, a private uh, one of the USAA type things or US. That's my insurance. USWA. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And she just did states and did amazing. Ninth graders. I had a couple seniors. They worked so hard to think some biologically created male with all of the post-puberty enhancements plus a higher testosterone can come in and take all their hard work away. Their spot for a scholarship on some team is infuriating. I mean, it's just to the point where I just, I can't, I can't even imagine. I put a face on this and think of that little face and it just sets me off. I mean, let me ask you guys a question, opinion. Should, should they make a third league, assumedly? You know, like, the transition well, they have, league. They have let them transition, let the transitioning people go up against each other. You know, yeah. like, there's there's a sense of equality right but at the same time it's it's creating a, an inequality within the sport that they're trying to create equality in and so let them i feel like compete against each other well that's why you there's know? the paralympics there's not like all right if you have one leg and you're a runner you go against the people in the two legs yeah, you go into it's, the well, like i'm open to, olympics, i'm open to like know? the yeah they call the special olympics still there's still There's special, special olympics, olympics, yeah. cool. well maybe we can call it the super special but yeah remember olympics. the one that had the bionic legs the the really cool the blade runner was the blade runner yeah. story and then the guy killed his wife or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly yeah. Yeah. yeah he allegedly that shot was her fast a couple of shit. times i mean that guy with his biological legs would smoke like obviously he has fucking carbon yeah. fiber feet that are light and that spring you and, and springs. that dude could hop like a gazelle. So it's like, <laughs> how, how is that even fair? Even in that way? I think yeah. there has to be a sense of in sports. This isn't like in society, this is sports, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a game to a point you, you want to be the best in your game. It's not like you're getting a job at the bank and there should be quality there. I mean, that should have equal pay. I'm all for that, but you have these biological changes or you have these hormonal benefits, you have this new adaption to your body. I think put those people in their categories that can compete against each other and that should be where the buck should stop. Absolutely. And if you want to compare it to the Paralympics or the Special Olympics, imagine somebody that's just got an anxiety disorder 
who's a great athlete, or he's got OCD and turns a, a knob six times before he walks in and flicks a light switch a couple times, racing against people with actual disabilities that are fighting back through adversity. Yeah. And this guy just comes in and he's Usain Bolt that washes his hands 10 times. I remember there's a blind guy who who th- th- was a was a sprinter and they raced against these people who had like physical deformities. And how is that fair? It's like, yeah. sure, I mean, it's obviously hard to stay in the lines, I guess, but he still had very strong legs, very strong body, very strong capability of running. And there was a discrepancy. I remember this going back like 10 years ago. They said he shouldn't have been allowed to race against the, the guys with the, with the actual physical handicaps. So I think at some point you have to really step back and put everybody into categories. Absolutely. But give them their own unisex bathrooms, give them their own league to say, all right, we don't care if you're transitioning male to female or female to male. This is the transaction, and uh, yeah. this is what I'm going to call it, the transaction <laughs> league. <laughs> and then- when a lovely lady touches your leg, do you become like an American eagle? Patriotic, ready to do your duty, ready to throw down, or do you become more like a macaroni noodle? Soft, unappetizing, unable to hit the spot. And if that's the case, you might be low in testosterone. To find out and I get an indication whether or not this is true, there is an Adam test which is free, takes less than 60 seconds to fill out, and gives an 88% accuracy rating into indicating whether or not you are low in testosterone. Now, to do this free test, all you have to do is go to bit.ly slash free Adam test. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash free Adam test. With an 88% accuracy rating, and only taking 60 seconds and being free, there is really no reason not to fill out this questionnaire just to find out if you're curious. So remember, bit.ly forward slash free Adam test. And if you don't want to remember that, the link will be in the description for you to tap on. And let's get you back more like an American Eagle. They go out and they do their thing. So Tim- I like that idea. Yeah. Can we just call it the super special Olympics? Super duper super special. special. <laughs> so I have a question because you mentioned the Olympia coming up this year. Um, so so you mentioned you do the, a lot of stuff with the Olympia. And we're here in Orlando right now. We're at the A4M conference. Um, A4M as a, a medical conference is getting itself very adapted into the sports industry, peptides, hormone use, and how it's kind of transitioning and becoming more of a... a, a I want to say accepted environment within that sport. So how do you see like peptides, hormone therapy, testosterone therapy becoming more talked about and discussed in, you know, in the bodybuilding community and, and and peptides, if you want to stick to peptides or hormone therapy, because peptides now are being, it's almost like legitimizing health and wellness and optimization. It's, it's like, instead of saying, Oh, we're going to go get testosterone therapy. We're going to get peptide therapy. People go, oh, that's normal. Uh, it, it just seems like they've advanced the peptides so much so fast that you can't help but accept them did, into what you're doing. Do they still categorize people on peptides as natural? Can you be a natty that's bodybuilder a on peptides? No, usually the same, same rules apply for like Is an, it? in bodybuilding. Because I've seen yeah. some social media BBC guys saying, well, I'm still natty, but yet they promote like using Tess Morellin. And using it depends BPC on the organization. Seven. There's certain ones for when you you're talking about in bodybuilding or the yeah. Like, can you world. be a true natty bodybuilder on peptides? Ye, um, Do I, I mean, count as natty still? They still. I, don't know. I, I consider you natty. You look natty. Yeah. You're definitely not a bodybuilder. And listen, think about it. Peptides are you know chains of amino acids that initiate responses in the body that happen or send yeah, messages so. for them to happen naturally. Now, obviously, your individual response is going to be different per how you take it. But uh, I still consider those natural. But a lot of they're starting to list a lot more of that. I know so like anything pro football that players enhance, can't take like no, clomiphene or no, they can't, can't even take like HCG beta blockers and like there's a lot. The list has gotten quite quite large. Um, so, but I just wondered in the sport of bodybuilding if you knew the answer to well, that. Well, natural in the sport of bodybuilding is the French word for small. Yeah, um, <laughs> we don't play that game. I was gonna say oh, like so who natural. watches or pays attention to natural <laughs> Olympia? I mean, the, like, it's the 145 year old, uh, 145 pound super heavyweight category. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blake, you'd win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I actually, it was funny when I was younger, um, I was maybe, I'm trying to think pounds now, like maybe probably 150. You're going by stones or kilos? Uh, we got kilos, yeah, okay. stones. <laughs> what am I a freaking, anyway. Um, so no, I remember asking someone, cause my goal has never been that. It's always been Brad Pitt fight club. I want to be able to just be limber and, you know, do different types of sports and shit on the fly. Um, and I remember saying to one of my friends whose name was Lucky, he's a, uh, performer as well, like bodybuilder. And I said to him, like, what's, like, I want to, yeah, I mean, I, it sounded like a stripper, but I remember saying to him when I was probably 
18, 19, I want to do the men's, what is it? The, the smallest, the physique version. Yeah. And he goes to me, he's like, well, you have to put on more size. And I was like, I'm good. Like even that, the, the smallest version in bodybuilding, I was like, too big for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could go drop down to the female class. Yeah. Well, the, the, yeah. That's, that yeah. was the option. That wasn't an option at the time. Well, it's still not an option, obviously. Yeah, well, which is come good. on, Tim, work with me here. Uh, I know people. Um, <laughs> to answer your question, though, I think not only in health and f- in, in uh, fitness and bodybuilding has it become more acceptable and more it, just it, welcome. It's one of those game-changing advances in the whole sport to optimize your physique. And maybe use medical basis to monitor as well. well I mean, and bodybuilders are notoriously dangerous. For, for un- non-monitoring, obviously no guidance. So that, that brings up an interesting question because now being on the forefront of all this for what, seven to 10 years? How long have you been just in this? Well, as far as, I mean, Alex started back in 05. I was yeah, with we've him been since 19 years. Yeah. This is the 18th year I've come to this conference. Yeah. So. You know, I'm not an amateur or a newbie to in this the environment, world. but it is evolving. He confused a lot of guys when he had actually knew, he, like they'd start talking to him like a, the meathead he is. And then he'd start rattling shit out and they're like, Jeff and I started coming back to this when I was damn, I was like 26 years old yeah. and, and going to an anti-aging conference when you're 26 with a bunch of doctors. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but you know, we want to start kind of like learning the, learning the, you know, the industry. Um, but yeah, I mean, but but coming to this for 18 plus years now, it's definitely evolving more into a louder message of people in the sport environment using these products for healing. I know you use BPC-157. Oh, yeah. I know peptides are becoming way more advanced and available and use of dangerous hormones like human growth hormone or anabolic steroids are becoming more frowned upon. And so I would think like, obviously we know the top bodybuilders still heavily abuse steroids. But I also know a lot of top bodybuilders now get blood work monitored and have physicians kind of guide them through that process. And we don't deal with that stuff, but I do know there's a lot out there. And that's what I was going back on. You know, you're we're going to come up in November to the Olympia and we're going to definitely do a um, hopefully some podcasts well, at the time. They do and, a A4M now. It's kind of together. The week before, the, the weekend before the Olympia to kind of lead it in because it is the people that are coming have such a natural crossover, the fans especially. But two big things to point out, I think, because I learned this the hard way when I started my, my testosterone and therapies journey, uh, clinicians don't know shit. That's why you have to find the right people. You go to a stand, I went to a urologist. He hands me this massive tome of a book and goes, I wrote this book. I don't do therapy. Go, obviously, look at you. You're three years older (laughs) than me. You look 90. (laughs) The other biggest thing I think about where the industry is going between peptides and therapy is the fact that you require regular blood work. And back in the day, everybody juicing didn't want to know their blood work, much less do it. They were scared because they knew what it would say. Their liver function, kidney function, all their enzymes, their hematocrite, you could see the red faces about to burst with the veins sticking out. Uh, There was things you need to do if you're going to take care of yourself. And this industry, I think, has made it so much more of a health and wellness aspect. And that's transferred into bodybuilding especially. They all get regular blood work. You know, I would say like there's there's a benefit of the bro science that kind of started this, the gym science. I was listening to Dr. Goldberg yesterday, the the founder of all this. He was being interviewed by your friend over at Muscle and Fitness. And he was saying that what really kind of prompted this movement, this A4M movement, was all the people using the stuff in the gyms. And, and the gym science kind of leading into the need for medical backing and for physicians to get behind it. And seeing older men who were like staying healthier and having more muscle tone and preventing this natural degeneration of muscle tissue and osteoporosis and kind of figuring out that maybe there's something to this, that maybe there's something to having optimized hormones and utilizing growth hormone products and eventually leading that into obviously peptide development. But um, I think the the industry that we're in and the, the conference we're in, it does tie very healthily into the bodybuilding community. Um, and so I just wonder like how your, how your vision of where that future will take this combination of I'm hoping, you know, in bodybuilding, they is an aspirational thing for people to see and say, all right, like, especially men's physique, bodybuilding, you know, men and women both kind of go, it's a bit much. Uh, They kind of look like clouds that are walking. Yeah. (laughs) Some of them, the the, the biggest guys for sure. The the very, that's all we really see though. Well, that's what you see on the magazines. Also, what's with the fake tan? Yeah, it accentuates the muscle, so when you're on stage, that's what's good. Because the lights good. are bright. The lights well, are bright, so you, yeah. It, it, 
like makes you lot like you almost blurs you out. That's why the African American guys always look really really good. They're dark to begin with, but True. they tan. Yeah, they get put on. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. They, okay. no, they yes. Why, why don't you guys just then like maybe stop fo- posting the photos off stage where it's just orange? Like, yeah, because I think that's the thing that weirds everyone out. Is we see that we're like, huh? Versus just, I mean, on the stage that makes sense because it, it, I know that lighting can change a lot of things and how best color is you looks. See their is, eyes are always white. Like the, the yeah, that's always great. But yeah, I mean, just maybe make a, a rule that you got to stop posting photos off stage where it's orange. <laughs> That'll stop scaring people. <laughs> well, unfortunately, once it's on, man, that's sustained for a couple of weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to bring extra sheets to the hotel or, or, wherever or, you compete. Or what you do is you're <laughs> smart and you bring like you know you get in the hot tub afterwards when no one sees and just let it. Ooh. I'm sure the hotels love that. Oh, it's oh, imagine being that. the imagine being the the, the uh, cleaning crew of the hotel. Oh my god! The weekend of the Olympia. Oh, the sheets. The oh, walls, just everything. Like, that orange shit is everywhere. The, toilet oh, the toilets are screwed shit forever. The bed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember one time when Jeff was doing a show. I came and saw him. His bed looked like an Oompa Loompa just rolled around it. <laughs> just orange shit yeah. everywhere. He said you're short. Yeah. Oh, that was I it. am short. <laughs> well, the orange only went down halfway, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was like the top half of the bed. <laughs> uh, so, so what's coming up this year for you, Tim? What's, mm. I mean, I, shit, I'm not competing this year. Uh, and that was one of the things. Another one of the uh, peptides you've worked with me on, I think three years in a row, was the CJCCPC CJC Epimorelin? That one. Oh, yes. So that's a, that's Blake's gained eight pounds. I bought eight pounds in fourteen days. But you wouldn't you, notice. You wouldn't couldn't tell. You, you, he, he you evened it out. Before. It was nice. Yeah, um, I, I now have arms. But there's. Uh, I'll be. Uh, I'm not going to compete this year because I turned fifty five in November, and that moves me up another age class. And I'm hoping and, and he's scraping. He's actually been top. Three Is that the retirement the last couple age group? Yeah. Um, they're all. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but listen, I told Tim. I was like, worst case, just wait them out. Eventually, I, they just die, and then you know, you just, just gotta like it's consistency over time. Pro card by attrition. Right. I'm hey, hoping the competition just dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> last man standing. I might be 68, but I'm getting that pro card. Um, I mean, shit. No, he looks 55, better than most Is 55 of, like, the youngest in the oldest category? 65? No, 55. Well, no, they still have, they have them in classes. They're over 50, over 55, so 35, over 60. 35, 40, 45, oh, so they got an old guy, like yeah. real old guy. Yeah. Oh, no, two years What's ago. What's the oldest category? Three years ago, Dead. I'm backstage. <laughs> One 90-year-old guy rolls out. A uh, guy takes off his shirt backstage and like all the guys standing around me looks at me what in the hell just happened? I said, I got this. And I walked over to him and I said, dude, what, what class are you in? He said, oh, don't worry. I'm not coming down to your age category. <laughs> I said, I'm in the over 50s. What are you doing? He said, I'm only doing the over 65 and the over 60. And he looked like a Roman statue. Just shredded about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, probably 230. How old was he? 65. Oh, shit. Swept everything. I love the confidence, so though. The fact that he, you, you wanted to ask him and you guys, don't, don't worry. worry. <laughs> I'm not in your class, you yeah. peasants. Oh, he would have, <laughs> please. Yeah, I would destroy you in your class. <laughs> I, I was stay just in swimming lane. in the fountain with his peeing angel. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, it was not good. But I was backstage and you, you look at the ages above you and go, all right, I will, I'll do okay in the over 55 class. But you got me on the uh, the CJC. Yes. And you just feel like every, I do it at the beginning of every year as a rejuvenation for my whole body. And it's like fingernails, everything starts to look healthier. The hair starts to fill in. You go, oh, I sleep. Yes, sleeping better. And you just start to feel rejuvenated. You go, okay, that's what this is about. There's other things I can do to gain weight, but that's what this is about. That's why you look 28. You are 20. You're younger than that, right? 35. See, it's good. See, I, gonna, oh, <laughs> good, don't be good a dick. Save. He's 26. That was bad. <laughs> He's like, so yeah, going no, back, it, so, so a, are you, but you're hosting the show this year in November coming, coming here, right? Is, it, is it here? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's Orlando. Right? Yeah. They it's moved Orlando? it from Vegas. Yeah, it's in here. Orlando. Or, you know, it's, it's at, at the convention, convention center. center. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, it's back in Orlando and uh, I'm part of the uh, pay-per-view team. So I'm one of the announcers uh, with uh, last year I had for the men's open. I had Phil Heath. Uh, Sean Ray, of course, has been a fixture for probably 20 years since he stopped competing. Uh, so he'll do the pre-shows and post-shows and some of the lead-ins. How's he still look? He's still in good shape? Some of those guys fall apart after Yeah, Phil looks good. Out. Phil looks good. Well, Phil just is recently out. Phil so. looks good. Um, <laughs> no, I, we had dinner with Oh, this is horrible. We had dinner with Phil, my wife and I, and his wife, Cherie, and uh, we're out. And my wife the whole night is just staring. And he's got pretty eyes. I'm thinking she's looking at his eyes. And we leave and get in our Uber. And she leans over and goes, do you not work forearms? I go, what are you talking about? She goes, Phil's forearms are glorious. 
I said, he was Mr. Olympia seven times. He goes, I don't think you're working forearms. Like, no, I don't do forearms because making forearms look better. I have to yeah. say, you got <laughs> solid forearms. It's all about but ratios, not, you know? <laughs> Phil, yeah, but Phil's those are massive. anomalies. What do you do to work out forearms? I mean, these, these little like pipes need to work out then. There's some things. There's yeah. Different motions you can do with front and they back. They got that one like shake you know, weight. Like oh this. yeah, the shake weight. Yeah. Shake weight works good. For yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I need the, the toughest strength. I think it's the black one. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the heaviest weight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they have that gyrosphere thing. Have you ever done that? The ball that you brutal. spin around, dude. That thing is. What out. is that? So it's this like weird little device. It's a ball, and you has a red string. You pull it, and like it starts spinning in one direction. You have to use your wrist gyration to keep the ball going. Eventually, it's like it starts humming. And it's like making a lot of noise, it's going faster and faster and faster. But it's working all these little muscles in your wrist. Really, a lot of uh, pro ball players, like foot, baseball players, will use it to train. Does that help? Dude, I'll tell you straight up, that is one of the hardest workouts that you'll ever do if you can get that thing going. Interesting, brutal, and it has this really one. cool, like, um, you know, the, because of the centrifugal force that your wrist mm. is going against it, it starts to kind of like fight your hand and. Pretty cool. I'm yeah, gonna buy that because I need that for my like muscle up clap. I do like muscle ups and clap behind my back. Yeah, and that like rips my freaking. No, this thing is brutal. Yeah, up the brutal. yeah, I need that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the Olympia is back here, uh, November third to the fifth. I mean, this just this year. Like they're gonna just this year. We'll probably be back. Somewhere but they else. rotate. They rotate. They were here. Well, obviously with uh, we call it David. We don't say. The, or oh yeah, David. the thing that happened in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, we, we, call it, on, we call it. We call him David. Yeah. The blip. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's gonna David. be kind of unfair to the athletes that are either East Coast or West Coast, right? Because like at that level, if you have to travel. If you have to fly across the country, there's like water retention. Your eating habits change. Like if you live in Florida. You get a leg up this year. Versus- we had almost 400 athletes last year from 68 countries, yeah. so nobody has an advantage. Yeah. I mean, there's five to seven athletes that live in in Florida, and of the ones that live in Florida, one's already the reigning Miss Olympia in the physique division. Yeah, so, Natalie, right? Uh, Natalia, yeah, yeah Natalia, and yeah. Uh, Ivy, who's number three, is is lives here as well. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other divisions. Oh no, you had probably you got Derek Lunsford, Kamal, uh, Chris Bumstead is Bumstead's here now. Down in he, on the other coast. Yeah. Yep. So uh, yeah, so we got a ton of the top guys that already live here. So you're right. So it's already an advantage, but they're already at the top of the sport. So it's not like they need an advantage. Yeah, but you don't think there is like I mean I know personally when I fly, I yeah, well, feel a like lot of them prep for that. They, go they usually go early. Time, right? they, yeah, wear compression socks, keep your feet up at night. Especially when you're depleted <laughs> down like that, I would assume the volatility of that water flow would, or that, that water retention from flying and stuff would really get you. Well, Jeff, in the past when he was coaching me, it would have me fly in a day or two early to flush all that out. Yeah. Just make sure you just take away the variable. So it only yeah. takes like a day or two to fully reset? Yeah, yeah. I wonder, I mean, I don't know what the, the the altitude or the pressure maybe does something. Like, why why do we well, get... Well, yeah, I think from pressure, circulation, sitting. You yeah. also don't really drink much water on a plane. Oh, yeah. That's you have to make too many trips. You get dehydrated. yeah. Oh, I, I have are, no shame. I'll pay like four or five no, times. I'm an aisle seat guy. My wife I'm, hates me. Yeah. Mm. No, and, and that was the thing last year. Uh, they were saying, hey, we need to pull water uh, before the show to get the right texture out. And people What's started throwing water their, for an you, idiot you, like me? You, uh, you uh, describe pulling water. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on how you do things going into the show. You could you could kind of get it to where you pull it from the subcutaneous layer and it kind of shrink wraps the muscle to the skin to create more. Pull it. What? Like, well, so you could you just like, like like just like siphon it with like a tube. No, a so you could do it through like kind of loading water, get your body where you inhibit aldosterone, which is a, like if you drink, you inhibit aldosterone, you freely excrete water, so you you urinate a lot more. Um, a lot it's of times, like, and everyone, it's and like and after listen, you drink a lot of alcohol, why methods. you pee so much in the morning? You use right? alcohol, you that's why you, you look pee. more shredded in the morning until you're you drink, dehyd- and then you look like you shit. You guys just get blasted before the show. Well, I mean, listen. Sometimes some alcohol will help out. Um, you know, old school. When you go back to like old school bodybuilding, a lot of them would like not drink water for like three days and take like Lasix, which is like super dangerous. Super like, dangerous. You know, you. you know, and so, but you get a lot of the better coaches that will actually kind of overhydrate, keep water in, keep actually do more than the body's used to, and you you freely start working water, and then when you shut it off for a short period of time, you actually can pull that sub Q layer out, and it, it's all going to depend on like sodium and and what you're doing with their food. Um, there's ways to manipulate to create a better look. You know, it's funny. Like when I first got into this, I never understood or con- could, could conceive the idea of like more water I drank, the more Less dry you and dehydrated yeah. you look. And then when you stop drinking water, you get bloated and full. And all these clients have a hard time like losing weight. They think, well, I just, I'm drinking too much water. It's why I'm bloated. I'm like, no, you're drinking too little water. Yeah. Like you drink a shit ton of water. 
you get this like really dry paper skin. Yeah, your body's going to always balance it out. Because your body's willing doing. to push everything through you versus like being a camel and trying to store all that water for later when you're dehydrated. You know, when it's you're dehydrated, But per stage, though, you're trying to time the look, you know, for, for that moment. You got to pee when you're yeah, up there? Yeah, I was going to say. Well, well, you're you're the by the then, world. you're barely dribbling at that point. If you, if <laughs> oh, sometimes you see a guy start sweating. Like, that's a sign that they did it wrong, right? Is they didn't it, flush enough water. Yeah, yeah I, sometimes if you didn't pull it from no, the black orange or where shit dripping down their faces. Electrolytes are at, you could. I went in two years ago and a puff of smoke came out. So I knew I'd pull water correctly. Last year, I got people from all sides. So, oh, you should eat asparagus. Like, What's that can do? Oh, it's going to be a natural diuretic. You'll pee more. Now, the guy, stinks. you should have uh, you should have some red peppers. That's got capsaicin, natural diuretic. And by the fourth guy, I go, guys, I'm 53. A reason to pee is not something I need. I got this. <laughs> so, but um, it is probably the difference between the look to win versus the look to lose that variable. And in, in yeah, that, in I mean, and I'll, I'll always water, say right? too, sometimes, I mean, if you're already in shape, you're lean enough, you don't have to make a lot of manipulation or adjustments, which is ideal. But you know, there, there are some people that variables happen when they're getting ready. You could actually create a better look if you do it right. But I'll tell you, more than not, people tend to mess it up. It's or, the amateur guys. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. Or and then they, after the yeah. show, they drink water and they put so much water on. They have like blood pressure problems and yeah. stuff and get headaches and, you can oh, do that? Oh, yeah. They, like, rebound. The oh, body shit. rebounds very yeah, easy. Once That's one it, thing. Once, once it starts coming back in, the body will try to retain to re recreate and then you balance put too much water on. water. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's bizarre. But all that, all that uh, guys uh, need to understand, and, and just people that see people in great shape on the street compared to bodybuilding, it's so manipulated and hyper-focused and specific. It takes so much extra effort to get that next level physique that everybody needs just to dial down and say, all right, what do I really want to accomplish for my diet, my supplementation, my hormones, my peptides? What kind of longevity do I want? You know, Jeff always gets on me, live to train another day, live to compete another day. Mm -hmm. Would just, just Especially as we get older, you yeah. know, it's, it's just, you know, train smart, kind of always leave one in the tank. It's just that, you know, I always say be more the tortoise versus the hare, you know? You I try, say that I always, now. I always, I always, you say that now. I've been, but listen, I've been injured quite a bit. <laughs> you were sending me the John Meadows workouts, God rest John Meadows and, and, and rest in peace, but they were always called Annihilator. Yeah. Death in the gym. Creeping death. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, is my that mountain dog? Or is yeah, that yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. sent me one of those. I'm like, oh, yeah. John, John goes way back. Stuff. John was a great, too much awesome guy. So. When I was younger, it was funny because I had one sort of fitness mag and my friends came across it and it's like some jack dude on the front and they thought it was gay porn because they were just like, what the fuck is this? And then they just started laughing because they were like, they're reading every headline of this thing. It was like, get six kilos of rock hard muscle. And I'm like, <laughs> I go, yeah, he's pretty fucking gay, isn't it? <laughs> and I, 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 they still bring it up like 15 years later. I was, I was like, just thinking about the, the little YouTube video that you sent me last oh, night. Oh yeah, why are you gay? <laughs> yeah. We'll show you later. Um, one thing you mentioned in your video throwback, by the way. Um, so there's two things. You mentioned that there's 51,000 new ingredients introduced every single year. Since that video, it's probably gone up, but only 170 of those ingredients have results. Can you elaborate on that? Um, they're putting all these things, and I just think we, we talk about big pharma and big food shoving stuff at us and just saying, how can I make this last a little longer? How can I flavor this a little better? I don't think there's the oversight and regulation that we're being told there is, mm, no it, way. which is funny because the supplement industry will come out and you'll look on a thing, a protein powder, and it said, not regulated according to FDA standards. <laughs> you put protein powder in any of the diet, um, there's a couple diet things that came out. Noom was one. You ever have a client on Noom? Whey protein is a red. Don't eat this. It's bad for you. Mm -hmm. Protein shakes. But you go on and see Olean and Olestra back in the day. That was one of those 53,000. Sure, you lost weight with Olestra. You had the shits from eating chips. <laughs> yeah, well, my conspiracy behind ones. the whole anti-meat thing is because it's not as profitable anymore. That's why it feels like there's this big push towards well, the veganism whole is because vegan products – um, have a much higher margin and therefore it's like like we've seen with everything anything medical if it's profitable you're going to get pushed you know the Congress. same companies own both big pharma and the majority of the food industry right and mm. so if, if if they can push kellogg brands cereal and say that's going to lower your cholesterol and stay away from the meat and eggs because that's going to raise your cholesterol 
in the end, if they have the drug that's going to fix your cholesterol, maybe they're telling you to eat the shit that's going to create the cholesterol problem. Yeah. So you take the drug that's going to fix well, the cholesterol perfect, problem. It's a yeah, system it's of the, money. the food pyramid is completely upside down. And, mm. and the government over the years has basically been the culprit for telling kids in school to eat the wrong shit, for people in the military to eat the wrong shit. People in, in any controlled environment, they overload carbohydrates. They give them really crappy quality of meat choices. You know, if you look back in our in, in, in our history of humankind, we didn't eat that shit and we had no no of the modern day medical problems we have today. Mm. Obesity, diabetes, like those are those are relatively new diseases that <clears throat> our country has kind of been the forefront of. Well, we we're did. number one. We, we beat yeah. up, we we're beat number, you go back a hundred years, obesity was not a fucking <clears throat> not thing. To go back fifty. I mean, it was nowhere. 30 near. years ago, yeah. Yeah, diabetes was what? A third of the amount of people had diabetes than they do today? No, One it's third. almost 60. Yeah. It's almost 60% of the country is diabetic or pre-diabetic. So yeah. that's one of the things I talk about in my book is that the food pyramid was originally created as a way to sell surplus things. So we have a grain uh, surplus this year. Change the food pyramid to have seven to 10 servings a day of whole grains. Yeah. You go, oh, I see. Oh, right. we have a milk and egg shortage. That should be the top one because it creates cholesterol. Mm. And then well, they, they, got, they got behind seed oils as being the better quality, healthier fat. Don't eat tallow. Don't use butter. Yeah. Don't use you know animal products. Saturated fat's bad for you. By the way, Where the are we with seed oils now? I fucking hate seed oils. No, that now the, the big push is to not eat seed oils. Yeah, I won't eat them. Yeah, well, we had beef, we had what tallow last night on. Yeah, on we, the we ordered, uh, was, ordered oh, the food that we wanted. Oh, 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 the guy says fried. Us, and I said, how, how is it fried? He's like tallow. We're like, all right, throw it on the throw it on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so because like, you got oil. some for my face. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing too. I don't know about doing that. <laughs> One thing with the pyramid, the the um, it, that's interesting is, I mean. I know a bunch of vegans and the one thing they always lead with the food pyramid is the fact that meat and dairy is was put in there on the original one because it was driven by profit. And now that vegan things are being pushed higher, they don't question the same logic they have. They just go, well, no, it's better. It's always applicable. Versus, it's always convenient it when it's not shit? applicable to you. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like many things in life. Um, but so just quickly to, what was the other thing? I had one other thing that I wanted to ask you about. Oh, your Obama impression. <clears throat> it's pretty good. At this very crucial time, uh, <laughs> I will continue to talk about the food pyramid uh, as it is just a pyramid scheme uh, to defraud, destabilize, and take apart the things people have worked so hard for. <laughs> See? That's, that's perfect. Awesome. perfect. I'm listening to that. I'm just, you know, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> the vegan thing, I don't want to, you know, the whole, everybody's got their defense. I don't know if you deal with this much in your practice. If you deal with this, I've only known one or two vegans in the last 30 years because a vegan, if someone's vegan, you know, they tell you. Oh, they're pretty. Oh, they wear that badge proud. We were just talking about this. They wear that badge proud. They will tell you. It's unhealthiest diet you could possibly eat. I've known two vegans that eat well and everybody else eats garbage shit. Well, Impossible Burger, you know those Impossible Burgers and the other? They won't even allow them to sell them in certain countries because of all the artificial toxic shit in there. And meanwhile, like that's the healthy thing to order at Burger King. Are you kidding? Like it's the most processed, not that Burger King meets anything that I would run to it's eat. It's not? If I, no. Five if I, but if I'm stuck in a predicament and I had to have something there, the Impossible Burger would by far be the least of my choices. Yeah. And yeah. not from a taste or protein quality standpoint, from a simple, how much shit is in, how many ingredients compose of yeah. Impossible Burger versus <laughs> like meat? I mean, sure, that meat may have been grown with antibiotics and Extra steroids antibiotics. and growth hormones. <laughs> But I'll take that all day. That's one less supplement oh, I got to take. Exactly, in the it's free. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Well, the tricky thing too is a lot of like I've always said to anyone who's a vegan, I'm like lead with the ethics. It's less arguable. It yeah. now is getting arguable, but it's if you just go, I do it because it's the second you say like I'm vegan, people it's immediately met with a why or a <laughs> oh versus and I go if you lead with health, really debatable. But if you just go like, hey, look, I just it's the ethics side for me. People would just go, fair enough. Yeah, you can't argue that. You no. love animals. You don't want to but see somebody. Now, but meanwhile, there's, there's a, a true impact on the animal, like ability for, for nature to grow yeah. and for like well, there's that, the species but there's, that live in those environments, how impacted they are from all that growth of all that shit you have to grow yeah. and the impact on the soil and the byproduct of the water. So are you really protecting 
much of nature by being a vegan. I think it's, to a point you're fucking it up equally as much, there's right? There's a lot of vegans though are going to carnivore, or not carnivore, but like omnivore. Look at Bear Grylls. Like he yeah. like came well, out and apologized for being a vegan. The reason is even the ethics thing is getting debunked because it's like, all right, one cow feeds this many people versus one like a section of grain or fruit or vegetables or whatever, you need to kill all the bats, all the birds, all the rodents, all that. So it's like, all right, your one meal killed a couple of animals. And it's not very green to the environment. You still have to have some kind yeah. of thing that tends to those crops, fertilizers that helps them grow, pesticides that stops shit from eating it. Mm. And that's a whole nother problem. How many carcinogenic things are in that food or create cancer byproduct? So how many, um, are there any vegan bodybuilders? a couple hmm. uh nobody at the top of the food chain no. we say. No, no. <laughs> yeah it's i've seen limited. some videos on some vegetarian bodybuilders yeah, you have to think their genetics would be sick they already, if they evolved oh, into having real protein i mean you can even talk firsthand i mean the difference in oh, my the aesthetics and physique and how well, my she wife feels. was a pescatarian right. so she had always fish right always shrimp always yep. like you know like seafood products and for 18 years, didn't eat meat, pork, nothing. With recent, you know, we got very in-depth into looking into the food and realizing that first off, seafood is one of those shittiest quality. And even if you ate nothing but, you know, wild-caught everything, what's in our waters is so toxic now. And those fish live and eat everything that's grown in those waters. So, like, they're high, high, high density of toxins and byproduct and so anyway so she evolved over eventually after me kind of kicking a scream and started eating pork and beef body composition changed like, like drastically overnight. i saw her and i'm like what, after did, a month, what like, did you what do, are you do? always like, super lean i'm like muscles full vascular um you know to a point where she's like i don't know how the hell i did this great. this long we eat a very particular type of meat, a very yeah. you know particular sourced and um you know, so now now she makes me buy all this expensive ass meat from all these Mine's like doing the same all these thing. farms that everything gets shipped to the house. But you know, it's it it is from a simple aesthetic bodybuilding standpoint. I I think that the amino acid profile of those meats is way more complementary of looking mus muscular and having like performance. You know what? Mad props to this guy for the most tactful way to say my wife got hotter <laughs> yeah. without getting himself killed on camera. Well, and listen, man, I look yeah. at physique and I was just like. The fuck? Well, she, she like, I mean, even even acknowledges how much different she looks and feels. Um, and it's been probably about eight months since she's eaten this way. And mm -hmm. still, like, I look back at pictures of her two years ago, and she always had a great physique, but looked a lot more flat. Muscles didn't near have the, the volume. Her strength went up. Her health is better. Energy. Energy, mm -hmm. yeah, so... Are you doing any more like movies coming up or anything like that? Uh, I've got a couple coming out. Uh, this is a family movie called Space Pups that just came out Space recently. That's like, if you got little kids, probably one of the cutest movies. It's got talking dogs, aliens, little kids. It's very cute. I'm an FBI agent that's trying to track down the uh, the aliens. You do look like an FBI agent, actually. It was typecast. Yeah. Was, yeah. No woke shit in this movie? Zero. All right, good. It's phenomenal. <laughs> pups none, are gay. None of the aliens <laughs> transition. <laughs> gay puppies, no. Yeah. no. <laughs> when they leave, it's through a cloud, not a rainbow. It's all good. <laughs> they don't identify with different pronouns. No, there thing. was not a single... Pro you know okay. what? That's another thing, the pronoun thing. I, was, I remember being 15 to 18 to 22 looking at a Mad Lib going, what the hell's an adjective? Adverb. I got no clue yeah, what an adverb is. everybody knows what a pronoun is now. Yeah, I mean, you ask a true. stupid person what a pronoun was years ago, they're like, I don't fucking I don't know have an idea. See, but I mean, I've got respect is. for Google over Instagram because Google asks me, what are you? And then I can type in what I am. And I do toaster, rainbow, and it, it, it addresses it. Okay. <laughs> Instagram, if you type it in, I can only type in what they have decided is a pronoun. And I'm like, hold on. I thought I can be whatever I want. So I... I, I can't choose to be a toaster. You know what? Instagram you look is, like a toaster. I got an attorney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I know someone. No, that, that, it, it is a bit of a weird thing. Now I got some other stuff that we're producing right now and uh, a script I just finished. So, um, you know, it's all, we're constantly evolving. And that was the thing. Um, Jeff and I have talked about this over the years. It's, it's one thing to try to not age, to try to turn back the clock, which is almost impossible, but I'm fighting like hell to do it um physically evolve mentally involve spiritually we've talked about that a lot especially spiritually and one of the things about five years ago i said to my wife as i said there's a lot of things i have to do spiritually in the next five to 15 years that i know will make me a better person that i gotta buckle down and get done and in the last three to five years those are all things that i've done 
consistently. And, and that's just as important to me as optimizing everything else. It's probably more, it is more important. Yeah. So are you a voice in this new movie or are you an actual, like, actual character? So you're filmed. It's not. Yeah. No, I do a lot of voice work. I do like a lot of cartoon voices, uh, but things that they won't let me admit because maybe the star that I'm replacing asked for too much money and <laughs> suddenly, you know, Hey, can you do this voice? Yeah. How much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so when does that one come out? That one just came out uh, May 16th. So whenever this airs, it came out then. Okay. Can you do Trump? I Trump, can't remember. I've, I've actually been working on Trump. It's not the best. It's getting better, better than it's ever been. But what I've found is it's getting, it's almost like my Stewie. I've had Stewie and then I've had to rig it a little bit more Trump. It's gone deeper and it's, you know, it just, I'm <laughs> it working it out. It sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, Obama made love to Trump and had a baby. You know what's funny? You think Australia, Callum Von Moger. Never heard of never, him. Never heard of him. The former Mr. What was he? Mr. Universe? Callum played Arnold yeah. in the movie Bigger that I was in. Oh, okay. And he had a voice coach for six months. He's got that awesome Australian accent. And um, he, he had a voice coach for six months and still didn't have it up until the day of filming. And we're all in this truck on the way over. And uh, and he turns around. He's in the front seat because he's the star of the movie and the rest of us aren't. And he goes, <laughs> guys, I still don't think I've got it. And we all went, what? The Arnold voice. And we all started going, yeah, it's not that hard. Do it like this. It's easy. Do it. <laughs> Five guys in a truck doing Arnold going, ah, ah. <laughs> And he just turned and goes, that's it? And he starts doing it. It was spot on. But it was really funny. He just took five meatheads. Yeah. That's usually the way to do to an accent. I remember when I started, I was learning uh, Mandarin for a little bit. And he goes, if you sound racist, you're doing it correctly. <laughs> and so I think maybe that's what he, he was just. Let's hear some Mandarin. I don't know. Just, oh, come on. I literally yeah. know shit all. I was like, woo, yeah. And that's about it. Just, that don't. Like, <laughs> it's like literally. You could say anything. None of us are going to know. No, honestly, it's like, it's like, you know, <laughs> it's like, but right. you have to sound racist. Yeah. Yeah. And they, he said, that sounds great. And I was like, okay, <laughs> don't say that against white, around my people. Cause I'll be offended. <laughs> but um, everybody's offended by everything. Now, that so is true. What's the point? Uh, well, cool. Tim, where can we find you? If we want to find you other than this hotel room? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with the cool kids on the Instagram at Tim Wilkins live. And, uh, uh, my website is usually two or three generations behind. Cause I updated on an iPhone six. <laughs> um, I'm using uh, windows, what six windows Four? what is it? Vista. Um, this still was good. That's that's the best way. I've got a uh, a comedy special on uh, Dry Bar Comedy that came out a couple of years ago called Password Protected. Mm. And then if you're just flipping around the comedy channels of Sirius XM Radio, uh, Channel 97 plays me pretty good for the last 20 years. Beautiful. Do yeah. you still do stand up? I just started to taper my stand up this year. Uh, January February was my last show. Mm -hmm. 33 years was a good run. It was yeah, a it's really good. Used to be on a cruise on cruise ships. I was on the cruise ships for yeah. eight years, yeah. but I like this wife a lot, and I don't. I don't want to lose her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the cruise ships was a different lifestyle. I bet. Well, thanks very much, man. And uh, guys, make sure to follow Tim. And if you're not subscribed to us, subscribe now. We have got more cool people, good information too. And until uh, next time. Peace.